tell you, there's nothing greater than hearing the sound of God's voice. And sometimes we think, well, I don't recognize His voice. I don't know what it sounds like. I mean, what do I do if I hear God's voice? Well, this morning, we're going to kick off our new series, The Value of Ohana. And in Hawaii, Ohana means family. And we have all, believe it or not, have heard the voice of God. Yeah, God whispers to us all the time. The question is, do I actually listen and obey? Do I listen to what He's speaking? Did you know that even though you may not believe in God, you can still hear God? You can still hear His voice. You may not recognize it yet, but He will still speak to you. Now, some people will say, well, God spoke to me and He said to do this. But if it goes against His word, then is it really God? Or if somebody says, well, God said to do this, but it hurts other people, is it really God? See, when God whispers, we're going to learn that it's more than just a voice that speaks to us. It's a spirit that connects with us. I was, uh, you know, Easter has come and gone, and the good news is that Jesus is alive and well. And he continues on, regardless if Easter has come and gone. And many of us celebrate Easter in all kinds of ways. We'll be with our family, we'll be with our friends, uh, sometimes we'll, we'll attend church. Uh, and sometimes people will do like Easter egg hunts and things like that. And, and I know there's people that will have, you know, almost like a, a thing against Easter egg hunts. And, and, and so be it. When my kids were little, we would, uh, you know, hide eggs. And, and they would have to find uh, different eggs. And, you know, we would have plastic eggs because if you use, you know, regular eggs and you don't find them, you will about three weeks later. But you had these plastic eggs and you either put candy in it or, or coins in it. And so we had all the kids just running out. And as adults, you know, you're trying to help the three-year-olds, the four-year-olds, because you, you, you watch them and they, they're excited to collect the eggs. Well, all the kids were going and, and we let the little ones go first. And so I'm, and, and I'm trying to help as they're running. But you don't want to help too much because it may seem like favoritism if you only talk to your child. But as they're going, I would say to them, okay, right, right over there. No, 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 no. Go by the rock. It's by the rock. And you hear everybody say, no, no, no. Hot, hot, hot. No, cold, 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 cold. Oh, you far. You're in Atlantic. You're in Antarctica. You're far. Oh, you're North Pole. You're far. Oh, it's snowing right now. You're, you're on the road already. Look, there's no eggs there. Then you're going back and forth, hot and cold. And, and I'm trying to help the little kids. Well, I guess maybe because I'm not their dad, they may not trust me, so I don't know. They weren't listening. But I was trying to direct them exactly where to go. Well, my son, who was about maybe three or four at that time, I said, Hey, Jay, um, walk straight ahead and look under the black rock. And he would come to me, Huh? I said, Don't look at me. Don't, don't look at me. And all the little kids running, I said, Hi, baby girl, go run. The black rock. Look for the black rock. And then he would walk and I'd say, No, 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 turn right. Turn, turn your other right. Turn right. Then he would turn and he would find the rock. And then after a while, I would see him walk and I'd say, No, 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 don't go there. Go by the Norfolk tree. 
What kind of tree is that? It's the tall one. Go by the tall tree. And then he'll go by the Norfolk tree and find another egg. After a while, he caught on that I knew exactly where to go. And then he came up to me and goes, I don't want those eggs. Where's the golden egg? <laughs> it's by the tire. <laughs> go by the tire. And he found the golden egg and, you know, everybody is, yay! Everybody was cheating. Everybody was cheating. All the aunties and uncles would say, no, no. But after all of that, I thought, you know, I, I spoke to all the kids. Many kids heard my voice, but one really obeyed. You see, all of us, we're going to hear God's voice. We're going to hear His whispers. We're going to catch that. We're going to hear what He's speaking to us. Many people hear God's voice, but very few obey. And receive his blessings. In our families, we all have different roles. You have the mom and the dad. You have the children, brother or sister. You also have grandparents. And you have aunties and uncles. We all play a different role. You know, here in Hawaii, we all raise our, all the kids. Uh, you know, when, when you see kids running around, sometimes the parent that's scolding them is not even related. The, you know, you see somebody giving a little pa'i on the behind or a little spank on the behind. That's, they're not even related. And I'm thinking, what is happening? Well, that's where we are in Hawaii as family. We help discipline each other's kids. I've seen parents thank other people for spanking their kids. That, they were like doing them a favor. Now you can go overboard, but within the context of you know, healthy relationships, we do that for each other. That's because we want our kids to grow up in a great environment. We want to help steer them and guide them. And God's no different. God wants us to be in a family environment where he can steer us and direct us. And that's the value of ohana, the value of family, is that we all work together to help each other grow, especially when it comes to the family. In the book of uh, Kings, 1 Kings, and, and I'll, I'll just give a little background of this story. Here we find a man by the name of Elijah, and Elijah is one of the prophets. And if you ever want to read this story, it's actually in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. But you read about this one man, Elijah, who was a prophet of the Lord. And he was the one who uh, did battle with all the other nations' gods. You know, they had the, God, the gods of Baal and then the Asherah, uh, the god uh, Asherah. And so, after a while, uh, Elijah said, you know, these gods, they're not real. You guys are praying to a god that does not exist. You guys make idols out of wood and stone. And now you create this god that has eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear. And so, they have this challenge and they say, okay, if your God is real, then, then you call upon him, we'll call upon our God. And Elijah says, okay, but how long will you falter between two gods? If God is God, serve him. If he's not, then don't. But to prove to you that he is, gather all your prophets. So they gathered about 450 prophets. And so they brought all of their tribute to their God. And they made a sacrifice to their God. And they're calling upon their God, but nothing happens. And the whole deal was, if they put this sacrifice together, whichever God would send fire down to burn the sacrifice would be the true God. And so they're calling upon their God and nothing happens. They keep calling upon their God, calling upon their God to the point of cutting themselves, where blood starts coming out. 
And so they're calling upon their God, and Elijah kind of, you know, sarcastically, because he knows there's only one God, he says, well, maybe your God is busy. Maybe he's like, you know, using the bathroom right now. Maybe he's somewhere else. Maybe he's sleeping. And so he's kind of taunting them. And then they can't, because there's no other God. They can't have this fire come down. So Elijah says, well, I call upon my God. But here's, here's what I'm going to do. Let's put the sacrifice and let's put all the wood that's required. But let's dig a little, a, little, a little moat around it. Fill it up with water. They filled it up with water. Douse the whole thing with water. Put, put water all over the wood and everything. Just, just pour water all over it. So they do that. And they drench the thing. And he says, do it again. Do it again. So much that it's impossible for the thing to be lit. Well, Elijah calls upon God, God rains down fire, burns up the sacrifice, and it was, it was so hot that it actually sucked up all the water, it disintegrated all the water. All the people fall down and say, yes, your God is true. I mean, I think I would at that point too. And he said, your God is true. Well, now Elijah is, is faced with, with this victory. And how is he going to respond to this? Well, now he comes to a place where, where he just was victorious over these prophets. Uh, he, he also prophesied about the weather and the rain. But then this one person by the name of Jezebel, who was a witch, hears about this. Hears about the prophets being defeated. And so she threatens the life of Elijah. Now, Elijah just won this whole battle. But now he finds himself in a place of, of emotional burnout. You know, after all that hard work, he's, he's in a place where he's just emotionally drained. So he actually runs for his life because this woman, Jezebel, wants to kill him. So he runs for his life, actually hides in a cave, falls into depression, and is trying to hide from everyone. But as he's in the cave, the Bible says that the word of the Lord comes to him. And the word of the Lord says, what are you doing here? And in 1 Kings chapter 19, you have your notes in your bulletin. You can take that out. 1 Kings chapter 19, the word of the Lord. And then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Did you know that we are all capable of hearing the whispers of God? Many hear God's voice, but only a very few are transformed by His voice. We'll hear His voice, but very few will be transformed by it. Every family, every person can be transformed by the whispers of God. And that's what we want to look at this morning. We want to learn how we can live by the principles of God, not the emotion of man. 
Because if we operate on emotion, emotions are good. They're good servants. You know, emotions are good at serving us. Uh, when there's a touching scene in a movie, we cry. When there's a, a laughter or a, a humorous scene, we'll laugh. Uh, when, there, when we get angry, our emotions catch us. Uh, when, we're, when we feel like there's an injustice, and then uh, we, we get emotional. So emotions can serve us well. And although emotions are great servants, they are poor leaders. Very poor leaders. It's God's voice that leads us well. And that's what we want to look at. How, how can we be better people, better family, when God whispers? You see, if I, don't, if I try to hide like Elijah, he was in the cave, and I just try to hide from God, then really I'm, I'm going backwards. Rather than hiding from God, which is actually what Adam and Eve did when they sinned. Remember, they hid from God, and then they, they sowed fig leaves to cover themselves. They hid from God. It's like man's natural tendency is to hide from God. But instead of hiding from God, live life wide open to God. And if you're taking notes, can you write in our first point, something that we can learn is to live my life wide open to God. You see, when, when I live my life wide open to God, uh, it's not like He doesn't know what's going on anyway. He knows exactly what's going on. Live life wide open to God. See what God sees for your family. See what God sees for you as a husband, as a wife, as a child. See what God sees for you as a young adult, as a teenager, as a grandparent. See what God sees. Don't look at what's happening in life right now. See what God sees. Look for the bigger picture. Otherwise, we'll try to retract and hide. The Bible says this in Luke 8, 17, For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. So take care how you listen. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. You know what the Bible is saying? Take care of how you hear. Really pay attention to how you listen. Turn your thoughts or direct your mind to when God speaks what He's saying. Or He's saying, consider the way you listen. Just think about how you listen. Because the more I try to hide from God, the less I will hear from Him. There's times when God speaks to me, and I'll, I'll give it in a, uh, in a practical way. Let's just say, um, let's just say you're... Uh, I'll do this as best as possible. Let's just say you're, you're passing by somebody on the street. And they're eyeing you out. They're staring at you. The kind of stare that looks like they like fight. They want to fight. And maybe they bounce their head a little bit. So putting in some drama there. But imagine this person. I'm just going to draw. His, <laughs> poor guy. Looks like a bunny rabbit. That's actually his hair. And... Uh, Make him look mean. Urgh. Some tough looking bugger. So let's just say he's, uh, let's have him driving on truck. Not being stereotypical, just saying. <laughs> That's a weird looking truck. Tattoos on top. 
Not being stereotypical at all. I'm just saying. It just helps. That's good. Yeah, he looked kind of tough. Okay, so let's just say this guy is passing you by. And he, I don't know if you can see that, but he's, he's kind of eyeing you out. You can, you can either eye him back and go, what? And he'll eh, jump out of his truck and, you know, you go jail. Or let's, let's, let's put these options in here, okay? Let's just say God is whispering to you and says, let him go. Here's some options. One, and this is what I found, if somebody is staring at you, and this is just being real practical, okay? Somebody's staring at you, tell them, hey, how's it? That's all you got to do. So let's just say you're this guy. I don't know. Everybody has spiked hair for some reason. I don't know. But let's just say you're this guy. Just make shaka. With eyebrows way, you know, raised up and like real happy. Hey, how's it? Can, so, it defeats this guy. I've done this before. Like, like guys would just kind of stare at me. And I'll go, hey, how's it? Hey, how's it? They'll wave back. Like, it's just an automatic thing. They'll wave back. So, you can do that, especially if you look like this compared to this guy. You want to say, you want to say, how's it? Um, so, th- that's one option. Let me think of another one. Let's just say... Um, this guy looks younger, so you'd say, how's it in that kind of situation? But if you, let's just say, let's just say you want to be like real, real, like, uh, like friendly, friendly, then, then throw a little whistle in it with, with, the, with the how's it and with a, you know, with a shaka. Gotta have shaka. So... If you see a guy like that and you want to be like that's their best friend, just <whistles> you throw the whistle in there, mm, it just adds to it. So, but if you really want to make it count like dramatic effect, double shaka. As they pass by, <whistles> you see the difference? There's a difference. Now, God will speak in, in that's just practical. I know the women are thinking, oh, oh, and then if you really want to know the guy, you say, I'll say, brada. Brada. If the guy is older, uncle. <laughs> but if he look like he like fight, just say, what's up, cuz? <laughs> so that, that's just some lingo to help us. But what if you're a woman? <laughs> oh, now we're getting, okay, I see what you're saying. So let's just say, trying my best. That, that is shaped eyebrows, by the way. But let's just say, she's eyeing you out. Eh, close as possible. So she's eyeing you out. Best thing to do, say, oh, nice your purse. <laughs> or, I like your shoes. I love your shoes. Love your shoes. Any compliment to a woman will defeat the purpose of fighting. It will. Even if they're eyeing you out and they're looking at you in some strange way, you compliment them, you're best friends. Easy as that. Now, this is just practical. I know it's a little funny, but God does whisper these things. Now, what he'll do is he'll take that same principle and bring it into our very own family. He'll do that between husbands and wives. 
Because even as husbands, how often God speaks to us and he says, don't do it. Don't say it. Let it go. Or to the wife, let him go. That's okay. Deal with it later. God will whisper those things. You hear God say, that's the past. Let it go. Our kids will fail. And you'll hear God whisper and say, where were you at that age? Know how to parent them. Get back to my word, to my principles. We'll, we hear God's whispers. But how often we ignore them. And the more we hide from God, the more we ignore God's voice, the less and less we will hear it. And I don't ever want to get to a point where I don't hear the whispers of God. I looked at it this way. Trying to hide from God is like taking an x-ray using skin to hide your bones. I took an x-ray when I was a little kid and because I had asthma. And so I had to take a chest x-ray. And I didn't know what to do. I was just a little kid. And the, the lady said, okay, please go into this room and sit down there. And the technician will come and uh, we'll take your x-rays. And so I sat there. And here's this huge machine. Now, I guess back then, technology was still, you know, in the in the improvement stage. And I'm standing, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm in this lab and you hear all the noises. And so I'm thinking, I, I hope this is where I'm supposed to be. Well, the lady comes in and, and I said, oh, um, I got to take my x-ray. She goes, yes, remove shirt. I said, okay. Uh, and she goes, stand in front of table. So I stand in front of the table and here comes this big machine right in front of me. And I'm staring at this thing and I'm wondering, what in the world is this? And then she leaves. I said, um, I just stay here. She goes, yes, I stand back for radiation. (laughs) And I said, well, what about? She goes, you'll be fine. So they take the extra and then we're done. And this thing, I, I was scared out of my mind because I didn't know what to expect. I get the x-rays back. I actually had pneumonia. I didn't know what that was. I couldn't spell it. I couldn't understand it. But I knew this. I wasn't feeling well. I knew that something was wrong with me because I, was, I had shortness of breath. And even as a young kid, I knew something wasn't right. And I thought, you know, when God, God wants us to live wide open to him, we live that way, not so that he can pinpoint what's wrong in our life to say that you did wrong or you're bad. He looks for things that are causing us sickness in our lives. And whatever that may be, it could be my attitude. It could be the way I treat my spouse or my children. It could be anything. But God, when we live our lives wide open to God, now he can help us correct those areas that are infected. Then he can give us the medicine for it, or as it were, his remedy, his word, his, his blessing, his instruction. Otherwise, if we continue to hide from God, then, then I'll just, my whole life will be infected and decay after a while. But he's saying, just live life wide open to me. Matthew says it like this, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Yeah, whatever you hear in the dark. When God speaks to us behind the scenes, he's speaking that to us for a particular reason. If I don't obey God when nobody's looking, why would I when everyone's looking? I'll just be going on trying to look good rather than being obedient to God. Many people will hear God's whispers, but very few are transformed by them.
Live life wide open to God. Let Him lead. Let Him be the one that directs us. When He finds that infection in our lives, let Him correct those things. Let God, and number two, let God lead my life and family. Let Him do that. Because when God leads my life and family, now I have direction. Have you ever been with someone who has no direction? They just have just lack of direction. Yeah, they'll take you all over the place. You get lost in Hilo. And if you did get lost, I'm sorry I said that. If you did, that's okay. We all need to get used to Hilo. But if you have a lack of direction, why have that person lead your life? Why not have God, who has the greatest direction in life, lead it? You know, Elijah, after a while, he, he let God lead his life. But after a while, you know what started to lead his life? Emotion. Emotion started to lead his life. But we can learn from him that don't let emotion lead your life. Let God lead our lives and family. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't... Don't have your own understanding be your support. Acknowledge God in all of our ways. Don't lean on our own understanding, our own discernment. If we lean on our own understanding and our own discernment, listen, it's not enough to support our life and family. Our own ways, it's not going to be enough. I don't have enough wisdom, enough knowledge to be the best father that I can be. I just don't. You as a mom, you don't have enough life experiences and wisdom required to raise children. We can go up into a certain point, but after that, we're spent. We're done. That's why God says, don't lean on your own understanding. You can get so far, but you trust in the Lord and He will guide your paths. You know what a path is? A path is where somebody else already went. That's what a path is. It's, it's been already done. You're not... You're not blazing a trail in this life. Someone already went through that path. And God paved the way for us so that we could find our way through life. When my son was young, well, my kids, both of them, uh, we would go to different beaches. And I remember going to this one beach that uh, you had to walk a little bit. But along the way, there were like thorns. We call them kukui, I guess. You know, it's, you step on them and they poke your feet and, and uh, you have to take them out of your feet. Well, we were walking barefoot and my kids were saying, ow, ow, ow. I said, what is that? He said, oh, kukui. And so we had to take out the thorns from their feet. And then I said, you know what? Wherever I step, just follow my footsteps. And so as I stepped, I would step on these little thorn things, these little weeds with thorns. But as I stepped on them, I would take them out, throw them on the side for someone else to step on. I would just step on them. But wherever I stepped, I made sure that there was no kukui or thorns there. And then my kids could go safely where I stepped foot. And that's what God is saying. He said, you know, I've, I've planned a path for you that I've already been on. But if you only listen to your own understanding, you're going to go off trail. You're going to get some thorns in your feet. But in all your ways, acknowledge me. Lean on my understanding. And I'll guide your paths. And as we follow God, we'll begin to understand that when He whispers to us, we catch it. 
when he gives us those gentle nudges, we listen. Now, you may be in a position of saying, well, I don't know if God wants me to do this or that or this career or that career. Then you're trying to discern the voice of God. I remember a time in my life where before I came to know the Lord, I could hear his whispers. I didn't recognize it at that time, but I do now. But at that time, it almost felt like my conscience. You know when your conscience gets the best of you? And you, you, you just, that conscience part of you says, don't do it, don't do it, or let it go, or let them be, or don't make that decision. I've made conscience decisions. But when I look at those decisions that I've made, yeah, I could say some of them were conscience decisions. But many of them, I could say, lined up with the voice of God. It's like God uses our conscience and our spirit to line up with Him. And when they connect, I can discern the voice of God. And so now when I put these together, I can really pay attention to when God whispers. I can make decisions. Before I came to know Christ, I remember coming to church and I would hear God whisper over and over, you need me. That's what he would whisper, you need me. And then I would kind of have this fight with my, what I thought was my conscience and I would say, but why would I need God? I have, I have everything I need. I, 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 I have finances, I, I, I can live, I have good health, I'm fine, I have my family, I'm good. And then it's like God would say, and then what? Well, what do you mean, and then what? And then I'm fine, I live life. And then what? And, and then I grow to be old and have grandkids. And then what? And then, I guess, I, I don't know, I go to the grave. And then God said, and then What? Then I finally understood that, that God wasn't after me to control me. He was pursuing me because he wants to spend the rest of eternity with me. And the way I understood it, he said, you need me. He said, if you want to be a good father, you need me. And so on Father's Day, that's when I accepted Christ into my life because I understood when God whispered short time after that, I, I, I went into a business and, and spent so much time building the business that I had no time for my family. My firstborn was already about four years old, turning five and six, and, and my time was just not with them. I was hardly attending church. I couldn't serve. And so in my case, I felt the Lord saying, it's time for you to step out and cut your hours, pursue your business in some other way. And my son Jordan was, wasn't born yet, and he was about to be born. It's about a month later that he was to be born, and I felt God say, no, it's, you're done. As successful as your business is, you're not going to make up for the failures at home. No amount of success in the marketplace is ever going to make up for your failure at home. And so I felt the Lord saying, and in, in my case, this would happen, that I needed to be home more. Sure, the finances dropped. Sure, I mean, money just was like nil, zero, but we could survive. And then I heard God speak to me in getting married. I heard him speak to me in, in how to take better care of my family, getting involved in church, serving. But I wonder, if I never paid attention to those little whispers, would I, would have I obeyed him in the bigger things? Probably not. 
That's why when God whispers, I gotta pay attention to what He's saying. As a husband in my family, I gotta listen to the whispers of God. As a wife in your family, listen to the whispers of God. He'll speak. He's looking for people who listen and be transformed by it. As a child, as a teenager, God will speak. You listen. God says, obey your parents, for this is great. It's a good thing. Parents, look straight ahead. Don't nudge them. Just look straight ahead right now. <laughs> but that's what the Bible says. And when you listen to God's voice, you'll, you'll, you'll catch more of that. And then as you grow up as teenagers and then young adults, because your parents' voice may not always be there. Sure, they'll call you, they'll text you, they'll email you. But there will be more times than not that you will be on your own having to make your own decisions. What voice will you listen to? Because we're going to have our own family one day. And God values family. He values Ohana. He wants us to be the kinds of people that hear His voice and obey Him. See, in our family, it all comes down to if we want God to lead our family. Or do we want to do it ourselves? Now, here's the good news. 1 Corinthians 11.3. It says, but I, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. Let's not stop there. Let's continue. And the head of Christ is God. Did you know that the head of the family, the head of the wife, the head of the woman is the man? And the head of Christ is God. You know what the Bible is saying? God should be the ultimate leader in our family. Because the wife will say, well, I would, lead, I would listen and, and allow my husband to lead if he led like God did. And then the husband would say, well, I would lead well if my wife let me lead. You go back and forth. God is the ultimate leader. When you listen and obey God's voice, then we understand our roles. If you truly want to understand your roles in the family, read the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians gives us great direction in how to lead our families well. And the book of Ephesians brings us to balance because God is the ultimate leader. And when we all hear God together as family, we'll all be led by God together as a family. That's the value of Ohana. That's when God speaks to us, we learn the value of it. But if I don't value what He's saying, then when He speaks to me, I'll kind of toss it on the side. Our last thing that we can learn together, and this is, this is so true, value God's Word. Value His Word. When He speaks, value what He says. Because it's His Word that will guide us as a husband. It's His Word that will guide you as a wife. It's His Word that will guide you as a child. It's His Word. And God whispers to us to move us. Not for entertainment purposes. Sometimes people say, oh, I heard God speak. What did He say? Well, you said to do this. Are you going to do it? Well, I'm praying about it. Are you kidding me? It's not for entertainment purposes. God speaks to us to move us forward, not to entertain us. And He'll speak it to us. He'll speak, he'll speak subtly to us. He'll speak in that still, small voice. 
Treasure God's word. When God whispers to you, treasure his word. When he says something to, to make us better as a husband, obey his voice. When he speaks something to you as a wife, obey his voice. When he speaks something to you as a teenager, as a young adult, as a child, obey his voice. As a grandparent, when God speaks, obey his voice. As a brother or sister, an aunt or an uncle, obey his voice. Value his word. And the more we value his word, you'll find that when he speaks and we treasure it, it's very easy to obey God because we value his word, treasure his word. And when he whispers, you'll find not only that you're beginning to hear the Lord clearer and clearer, but that he's giving you more and more strength as a father, as a mother or a sister or brother or child or grandparent. He'll strengthen you. And I thought, you know, God, you sent your one and only son who took the thorns for us to pave the way. And you sent a member of your very own family to reach out to us in the hopes that we would become a part of your family. Because when we connect with God, when we value his word and, and when God whispers and we obey, that is when we'll find the truest value of Ohana. Amen. Amen. You can put your Bibles away in your notes. I remember uh, some time ago when I think we were at water baptism. And Heidi and I were, you know, unloading the car and getting the towels and the, you know, the blankets and, and things like that. And, and we're taking things out of the car, walking back and forth. The day before that, my, uh, we had two cars at that time. Heidi locked her keys in the car. And she called me and she said, I locked the keys in the car. And I said, okay. And, you know, as a husband, we go through this. We say, well, how did you do that? What happened? What did you do? And, 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 and then uh, as I'm going down there, God whispers to me. And he tells me this, don't lecture her it was a mistake let it go and so i'm battling with this and i'm thinking yeah but she locked the key in the car who does that and so i'm on my way there and i get there and i said and i'm trying to be quiet as best as possible and i and i said oh okay so i have the spare key and i so i open the door and she says i'm so sorry I said, it's okay it's okay but i'm so tempted to say it and i hear god's whisper he says don't do it let it go and as we're driving, I, I, you know, uh, I said, you know, what happened? And I felt myself going, no, I opened the can of worms. And she said, well, I, I, you know, I, I didn't think. I closed the door and the key was still in there. And I, I, I disobeyed God. I said, and I started to lecture. I said, well, you know what you should do before you close the door? Just take the key out, look at it, and put it in your pocket. And then you won't lock the key in the car. She goes, I know, I'm sorry. I said, but, but do that, okay? Are you listening? She goes, yeah, I heard you. Just take the key out, look at it, put it in my pocket. I said, okay, got it. It's kind of an okay car ride home. So bring you back to water baptism day. 
I'm throwing the blankets and things into the car when we're all done. As I'm closing the trunk, I see the keys. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. I put the key in there. I can open the door, pop the trunk. Door locked. Go to the other side. Door locked. Now I'm dying. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I, I we, we, you know, we're packing things and, and I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? How can I justify this? I'll say the key got stuck on the blanket. I'll say the key got, I don't know, what, what happened? What, what am I going to do? Lord, what do I do? Silent. <laughs> Nothing. And, and Heidi comes and she has the cooler and she says, oh, pop the trunk. <laughs> and, I go to, and I act. I go to the door. Oh, it's locked. Go to the other door. Oh, it's locked. She goes, oh, where's the key? I said, um, see, funny thing. As, a, as a, what happened, right? When I was closing the trunk, I threw the towel in. Like the key got stuck and I closed the trunk. And she gives me the greatest smile a wife can give. And she says, you know, you know what you should do? Before you close the trunk, take the key out, look at it. And put it in your pocket. Then I heard God speak. He said, I told you, don't lecture her. It was the greatest car ride home for Heidi. The worst for me. But even in that small, simple way, I heard God say, just listen and obey when I whisper. Because it's better for you and your entire family. God values Ohana. He values family. He doesn't speak to us just for entertainment purposes. It's so that he can add value to our lives and to our families. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you've given us a way to recognize you. A way to, to partner up with you. A way to obey you. And it's when you whisper. We'll hear your voice. Many will hear your voice. But very few are transformed by it. Lord, I pray today that we would be people that when we hear your voice, when we hear you whisper, that we would obey you. If you're here this morning and you're saying, Lord, when you whisper, I say yes. I want to be that person that obeys you. If that's you this morning, would you just respond and lift a hand? You're saying, Lord, I just want to obey you. When you whisper, I want to obey you. That's you this morning. You're saying, Lord, I just want to obey you. Good, good. And put your hands down. Lord, that's our heart today. That as we hear your voice, that we would walk in obedience. You value family. You value us as people. That's why you sent your one and only son. And so we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen.